Hello, hello, and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. I'm your host, Sam Hind, and it is my absolute honor and privilege today to introduce you to a very special human being. We've all got people in our lives that, without even knowing it, have inspired us to be where we are. That ripple effect is why we do this podcast. That ripple effect is why I work in the industry that I do is to remind you that without even knowing it, you are having an impact on people that you may never get the opportunity to meet. And that brings me to our guest today. Chris Brogan is one of the people who had an impact on me many years ago as I entered into the unknown realm of being an entrepreneur, business owner, trainer, and social media expert. Chris Brogan inspired me as he has done many people around the globe to be brave and to step up into the unknown and to do something that they weren't even sure they were capable of doing. Chris has been an incredible example of that. He is now a best-selling author of 10 books. He's writing his 11th, and we're going to talk about them in the episode a little bit today. You may have heard of some of them from trust agents that I know have come up on this episode time and time again, an amazing best-selling book, to The Impact Equation and one of my favorites, Finding Your Writing Voice. I know that you're going to love hearing from Chris. He is raw, real, down to earth, and he's got a wealth of experience, not just in the digital space, but more importantly, in the space of being human. And I know that you're going to get a good laugh out of it. He is hilarious. I loved chatting with him. And this really was a, a lounge room, fireplace, fireside chat. And so I really encourage you, listen on in have a good giggle with us, but most importantly, hear what Chris has got to say because his words of wisdom are so real, tried, tested, and true. So thank you again, Chris, for joining us. Thank you for my amazing listeners for tuning on in. Uh, Now sit back, grab yourself a cup of tea or coffee or go for your walk if that's how you listen to this podcast and enjoy the episode. Hello there, Chris. I am so super excited for this episode. Welcome on into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast all the way from the US. Thank you for joining us. I feel ready to accelerate. <laughs> as you should. And I'm, I am I had to pause you as we were having a bit of a chat before because I feel like all the magic tends to happen in those preamble conversations. And I, I wanted it to end right there so we could continue our conversation here. Um, but I, I just want to start off by giving our audience maybe a little bit of an understanding behind who Chris Brogan is. You and I, you don't remember this, but we met maybe six or seven years ago now, maybe five or six, I can't even, time has flown uh, at Social Media Marketing World over in San Diego. And uh, and I've had the pleasure of reading some of, not enough apparently of your books. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment. We're having a bit of a laugh about that. But you're a best-selling author of, is it 10 books now? Sadly, I've finished 10 now. I'm working on 11 now. Wow. I like for someone who, you know, it's kind of the pipe dream to eventually get to the stage of writing a book. I think that's an amazing feat. So congratulations on that. And I'm excited to hear a bit more about the 11th, if you'll divulge any information shortly. I will. Why not? (laughs) Tell us a little bit about Chris. I want to hear about Chris from Chris. 
you know, if people try to figure out who I am, they always sort of know me from some point in time or they'll say, oh, I saw you at the Eric Worry event or I saw <laughs> you at this event. And they'll, they'll know me from a time in my life or something I was talking about and they'll think that's who he is. And I'm I'm depressingly not the same thing that often. So, you know, if you... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Hershey. Like I'm not one candy bar. I am like the Hershey company. So <laughs> with that as a backdrop, um, the one thread that goes through all of this to use Tamsin Webster's uh, red thread is uh, using technology to drive better human interaction. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a social media guy. I'm not a whatever guy. I'm the person who said, gee, like there's something cool that we could use these weird tech for like blogging and tweeting and video. Mm-hmm. That would be so cool to, to build relationships you shouldn't otherwise have. Yep. And that's, that's the magic to me. It's not any particular tool. It's not, you know, is Snapchat worth it? I don't care. What I do care is how do I convince somebody that shouldn't give me the time of day that maybe it would be a good thing to do? And then what kind of business can we have if that's the goal? Yeah. And this is such, you're my kind of guy. I love this because people come to me as they've probably come to you over the years for technology training, social media training, show us how to use the tool. And uh, it's not about the tool, right? It's not about the technology. It's about, uh, and I love how you put that. You get to build relationships now with people that you shouldn't be able to build relationships with. I love that concept. And that really opens up the opportunities, right? For us as business owners, it's, I think a lot of people look at technology and and digital and social media as this huge challenge. But when we really think about what it is, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. We get to connect with and meet people we wouldn't otherwise get to meet. What got you into this space initially? What was the catalyst for you where you went, Hmm. I'm like, this, this is, I really, this is a message here that people need to hear. So I was born in Maine in the United States, which is a mostly rural, uh, mostly suburban kind of a place. Our, our big city of Augusta, Maine was not city enough to be city. And, you know, I was never uh, very well loved in the country either. Cause I didn't know country things. I thought it was a cute yellow dog. It turned out it was a coyote who would have known. <laughs> um, so, Early, 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 my dad was uh, interested in computers, you know, as a sort of, he was a programmer for big companies and banks and things like that. And I got interested because he was like, you know, you could buy this computer, you can get a modem, and you can talk to people who aren't in your neighborhood. And uh, there were three things you could talk about in your neighborhood, you know, the weather, the worst question ever. And then it was like um, Van Halen versus Led Zeppelin. Yeah, we talked about it, definitely Van Halen. We did. (laughs) (laughs) Mustang versus uh, Camaro. And then would the Red Sox uh, ever win a World Series? Because they went 86 years without one. So we were like, could they ever win? And that's not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to know Star Wars versus Star Trek or, you know, (laughs) who cares about Superman? He's kind of dumb, you know, and really important topic, Sam. And so um, we had these bulletin board services, these BBSs, and they were like really early Twitter, but only one person could dial in at a time. You'd hear those modem sounds, you know, (laughs) and then you'd finally be able to type that movie stunk. And then you'd have to hang up and wait for people to disagree with you like they do on Twitter. And so that's what I was always into. And then as time grew and as I got older and as I started to see newer things like blogging and podcasting and all that, I was like, holy cow we can do cool things and we don't need anyone's permission to do them. And, and I think that that's, 
people who love it not just as a business tool love that. They love the fact that you and I shouldn't know each other. We, we are, I don't remember how many hours, like we're 14 hours different right now. It is a 20-ish hour flight. Although I'm I just in the future. The, I'm in the future. You're in the right future. Now, yeah. <laughs> I just saw the new Qantas jet, uh, the new one that has the not just a lay down bed, but a lay down bed next to a TV. It's the biggest uh, cabin for Is rich this the people one ever. with the cabin, like a hotel room where you're, you're, you've got like a queen bed? And yeah, I know. It's crazy. I think next week we should hook that up. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to be their new ambassador. So anyway, I should, there's no reason I should get over there, is what I'm saying. And yet in this world, we know each other. I know Darren yeah. uh, Rouse, pro blogger. I know all these people over there because of that. And you get to come to places like San Diego and, you know, give your uh, talks with people who shouldn't know you. And that's what the world has changed. And I think that's the coolest thing. I think it's no matter what you're selling, no matter what you're trying to do, it's, gee, we can build interesting relationships of, of some level of meaning yeah. with people anywhere they are. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I love that. That's it. It's such an amazing concept when you really think about it and really dive deep in there. And I think in so many ways, and, and this is where I want to go with this today, I'm really excited to talk to you about the trust element of that. Because, you know, actually in your book and, you know, your some of our listeners might have heard me talking about your book, The Trust Agents. This is uh, actually, I've just received the 10th anniversary edition of this. You wrote this in 2009, which in right. itself I think is really fascinating um, because in 2009, algorithm was barely even a thing that we were talking about at that point. People didn't know to talk about the algorithm because it had only just come into existence. And I, you know, I'd love to get your insights. And I, I feel like my head's going over. There's so many places I want to go with this conversation. But since you wrote this, and, and this purely is about building the, the trust factor and, and using these tools to do that and, and building trust in, in every interaction that we have. What did you, what was the inspiration behind writing that at that time as <laughs> that smile on your face tells me there's a story here? <laughs> so there's, there's so many things. So first off, um, I had wanted to be an author since I was five. I knew I wanted to be an author and I was sure I was going to be an author. And then uh, I tried submitting a bunch of, I was, I wrote fiction uh, up before nine 11 happened and I would write this fiction and I would submit it places and no one cared. And it was all stupid and no one loved it. It was awful. It truly was awful. I'm not being modest. Uh, <laughs> and I, uh, so I stopped and then I started blogging because no one had to publish me. I just published myself. And this was in 98 when we were calling it journaling. And I was like, this is the best software in the world because I am now a publisher. I am now online. I'm a published author. Mm -hmm. The first lie every author says. Um, and then uh, I was like, this is so cool. So all this time comes and goes. I suddenly am becoming a little bit more like the Chris Brogan. Like people are knowing me for mm -hmm. things. I'm getting paid to come and speak at places. And I wanted nothing more than to be a mainstream traditional published author. That book deal comes. I'm sitting next to um, a friend, Ellen, and we are at South by Southwest in Texas. And uh, she asked me a question about where do you think this book title would be on a bookshelf in mm -hmm. kind of the more prominent American bookstores at that time? Not my book, just a book. And I, I answered the question. And then she kind of looked back and said, wait a minute. Why don't you have a book deal yet? And I said, eh, seems like a lot of work. 
Like this was my dream. This is all I ever wanted to do. And now she's saying to me, why don't you just have a book deal? And uh, she goes, no, you really should do it. I was like, Ugh, okay. So I'll cut a few bits out, but I, I call my friend Julian Smith and I said, hey, he goes, hey, and I go, you want to write a book? He goes, okay. And I said, yeah, I just got a book deal. He goes, oh, cool. I said, so I'll just give you half of everything. He goes, yeah, cool, man. All right. And uh, so that was it. I, I was a writer. He was a writer. I like him. He's very fun. I thought it'd be fun to have a partner. There's no mm -hmm. reason I needed a co-author. It wasn't like you must have a co-author. I just love Julian. And it was the best idea because what happened is we wrote this book about trust. Mm -hmm. It came out exactly as the financial crisis in the U.S. hit which is why a book about trust when all the banks blew up yep. was perfect. Mm -hmm. And it came out right after Google changing their algorithm, Penguin and Panda, which were in which suddenly content mattered. It wasn't just keyword stuffing. Now, they would argue it was never about keyword stuffing. We all know that's not true. So we had to show people how to write content humans wanted to read mm -hmm. at exactly the right point. This is yeah. not a book about social media. So much so that my next book after that, well, the book after the book after that, says this is not a book about social media. We burned a whole page just saying that sentence. <laughs> um, because what it is, is how do you build trust? How do you yeah. build relationships? A hundred yeah. years ago, we would be having a phone conversation. Yeah. How do you use a phone to sell us thing? You have to be in front of a person, right, Sam? So... That's why the book, that's the origin of the book. The yeah. book just magically hit all the bestseller lists. Yeah. New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Amazon, 800 CEO Read, USA Today. I'm sure I forgot someone, and I'm sure you're a very important uh, publication. I'm sorry. <laughs> I And, you know, this is the thing. It, I, I love how you talk about in the book the fact that technology is changing, but humans haven't changed. And uh, I'd, I'd love to sort of elaborate on that for a little second and, and and get your insight as to, you know, what is it that we have forgotten, I suppose, in a sense, as we've moved with technology, what have we forgotten about when it comes to building trust? Because uh, it, I just feel like this world has changed so much and, and we're forgetting some of those grassroots. We don't trust our belly. That's, that's it's the first easy thing to say to you. And what I mean by that is, okay, we buy from people we like. Yeah. You, and you've heard that. No like and trust. No like and mm -hmm. trust. No like and trust. So to the point you almost think it's N-O and then lichen, like the stuff that grows on a rock. Trust. No like and trust. Um, you have to know someone, like them, and trust them. So when you buy from me, like watching or listening to this, you're thinking, wow, he's very, you know, he's he's got a lot of energy. Clearly something's up with him. But I also look like a weird Santa Claus or something. Like, you know. <laughs> People don't like beards, it said. That's why, uh, you know, they try to make Abe Lincoln sh shave his uh, way back in the U.S. And they didn't want U.S. presidents to wear beards. And they also didn't really? after a while. Yeah, yeah. They didn't want him to smoke. Barack Obama was a smoker. They made him stop smoking. Um, he cheated for like a bunch of years and everyone knew, but he, he <laughs> pretended. And, uh, you know, because we want, it, we want things to be trustworthy, likable, yeah. etc. And so... We forget that. We forget because maybe we need to sell something and maybe we're being like, we're just trying to get to the process. We're just like, mm -hmm. if I just do this thing, I'm going to get the thing. The other thing is we'll watch examples or advice or ideas from someone that's maybe not the best at what they do. They might be the best at talking about things. Mm -hmm. And what they aren't is necessarily the one that can show you their sales numbers. And they'll say things to you and you'll go, oh, that sounds like they're smarter than me. Humans hate to feel dumb. And so we will all just kind of go along with things 
because it just seemed like a right idea. But if you feel yucky in your belly about something, mm-hmm. ask a few more questions, right? Yeah. Now, the people, there's things we have done that are different, right? We're doing video. Uh, people aren't necessarily super comfy on video. You have to practice that. It's a new thing. People didn't always have devices in their pocket. And people say to me, I'm really bad at computers. I'm like, do you know how to use your phone? Yeah, that's a computer. Merry Christmas. Um, so <laughs> it's, point. I like that. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a computer. And that's almost kind of the cooler thing about things like direct selling is that you mm. could do it from your phone. Like you, yes. could, you could make that a selling point. You could be in between dropping the kids off or something and just put out a few more messages where we get it all wrong, Sam, is that we we do these crazy, we go through some extra hoops that we some kid told us, was a purple-haired person told us, do this thing, and we go, okay, right? Um, no offense to purple-haired people. <laughs> no, but I, that's, that's what we forget, I think. Yeah. So just, uh, you know, coming back to the book for a second and some mm-hmm. of the concepts you talk about in there, and, and you're right, it's not so much about social media as it is about understanding the game. And I love how you talk about the game and you make it so easy to process. You liken building trust to like a game of chess and you use so many different examples in there. You even talked about the story of, is it Donnie Brasco who had to infiltrate the mob and the process he goes through essentially to play the long game you talk about not making any fast moves and you know when it comes I guess for me you know initially by looking at that and reading about that the thought might be well if it's a game it's not genuine but I think it's I I love that concept of you you can be strategic about building trust you know if someone wanted to be better at the game of building trust and not just you know with customers and building business but in every area of your life what are some of the, the things that they can observe or or be strategic about when it comes to building trust? What are some tips or advice you could provide in that space? I love that analogy, by the way. Thank you. So the reason game is a fun word or a good word or an entertaining word to use, first off, we we, we immediately kind of downplay like the the value of something that we call a game, right? Mm. Except that in every single human culture, we've used games to teach very important things. Yeah. Uh, sport is often a tribal ritualistic expression of something like violence mm-hmm. without the actual violence. You know, when you watch rugby, you say, oh, I can see why that's true. When you watch some sports, it's a little more uh, pretty. But what is a game versus play? I I am insufferable because I took one whole course at, in college, uh, the psychological and cultural foundations of play. Play... Uh, are things that can help us build skills or give us entertainment and enjoyment. A game is play with a score. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference. And that is the part to take. Um, I'm I'm looking down, and if you're listening to this, I'm looking down. Uh, I'm looking down because I have five little boxes on my left side of my paper journal that remind me how much water I want to drink uh, today. Every day. And I put tea slash water because I'll accept iced tea as a reasonable substitute. <laughs> and I'm looking down because I've only done three out of the five. And I am going to float if I uh, don't do this fast because I will spend the whole rest of the night peeing like any real <laughs> human would. Keeping in mind, so, for me, it's morning. For you, it is late afternoon right now. Yep, that's right. It's I'm, I'm getting ready to go to bed and I haven't hit my numbers. So I am thinking, if I don't get this done, I'm going to have trouble. Why do I have those five little boxes to fill? Because I was doing what everyone in the world says. Oh, I really should do, uh. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I really should make those sales calls. Well, if I have a bunch of boxes that say I'm going to do 12 calls today, no matter what, and I only consider myself successful if I did my 12 calls, unless I went to the hospital, uh, that's what I'm going to do. And I, I can look at every single day of my journal and see when I fell short. You know, I have a gym box that uh, I have not checked in so long. I don't know why I keep putting it. Except <laughs> one of these days I'm going to go, hey, I did it. And then I'm going to try to keep a streak, right? Yeah. Games are for that. And so why we look at it as a game, you can do this with even your most treasured relationship, your significant mm. other or others. Um, you could say, I'm going to say five really nice things to this person. They're all going to be genuine. I'm going to make sure I say them because I realized that I'm always talking about stuff like, did we take out the trash or should we get some chicken for dinner later on? And I keep forgetting to say, I just love how you smile. When you smile, I sometimes forget my thoughts, right? And it's not disingenuine. It's just you're making a little game out of it. Can I get five in? Or you could, you could be really snarky about it you could go to meetings with your team or something like that and say i'm going to put the word cranberry in this thing five different ways <laughs> and see if you can i went to a panel once uh, i think julian was on that panel we decided to put the word thrust into every answer we gave this person <laughs> you know so we'd say like the thrust of the uh, the thrust of the intent was that we would do this or you know if you're building a company you've got to get that escape velocity it requires thrust and we just said it to every single answer she never noticed she didn't pick up on it? Nope. Oh, I love it. That is that is brilliant. Um, so let's just talk about trust for a little second here. Um, what Can you give some tips or some insights as to how to build trust quickly, particularly online? But I'm going to just open this up and say if you are um, – you know, let's use direct selling as an example. There's a lot of cold calling and there. there's a lot of meeting people for the very first time and, and needing to take that uh, relationship from, hi, how are you, to, you know, what I would call, a, you know, a date uh, with your customer. What tips can you give to, to establish some trust really early on? So quickly is a dangerous word because mm. I have a, I have a really gross, you're going to hate me the minute I say this. I have a terrible analogy, which is a lot of times the way people sell poorly is it's like I'm putting my hand out to shake your hand and you put your tongue in my mouth. What did you just do? Right. But you know what I mean? Right. Because like, like I'm so just trying true. to say hello. And then there you are. Yeah. Um, so I, I worry about quick. So, but let me yeah. say the thing. Yeah. So, one thing that people do, this this one blows my mind that this is not part of the typical script of things like cold calls. When someone says, wait a minute, are you selling me something? If you say no, you're a liar. <laughs> and the one way to not build trust is to lie. Yes. Now, what you know is that they're going to be pissy the minute you say I'm selling something. Here's what I would do. I would have my script such that I'm saying, look, I am so excited about this particular product that I've been trying to tell everyone I know, and I want to sell you this product. You say it. Just say the thing. Just say, I want to sell you this thing. So I want to talk to you for five minutes and tell you why I'm so excited and tell you why I think it's going to be cool for you. Are you willing to give me just a little bit of time and you can say no as many times as you want? Do you know what you've done by that? Like you said, I'm going to say the thing so you're not worried that I'm hiding something. What's the catch? And you say, and I'm going to give you you could say no as many times as you want. You're giving them back agency and power. You're saying to them, you can make a response. Mm -hmm. Do you see how none of that has anything to do with Twitter? It has not. We could, we could do that on any platform in the world. We could do that face-to-face. -face. We could do it with crayons. So that's one thing. 
I'll give you two. Yeah. Thing number two, no matter what platform you use, be, for God's sake, don't copy other people. Yes, you may or may not have to follow a script. There's rules to some of these places. You have to do exactly the words. Put a little parenthetical around it. Just say to them, look, the way they make me talk about this, I have to say the whole script. So I'm going to say these things. Then you can ask me questions that they don't want me to answer the way it says on the page. You can do it. You know who's going to fire you? Nobody. It's Direct marketing is purely you fire yourself. You say, I'm no good at this. I'm, I'm quitting. But the, you know the people who win? They're the ones who are so personable about mm-hmm. it that you go, I like that person. Yeah. The other per, the other thing, all this, I'll give you three. It's a bonus. Um, <laughs> the yeah, the other thing. On. It's good. We react so much to just a little bit of failure. Yeah. We react to people stumbling, making mistakes, saying the wrong thing, saying I'm really new to this script. I went into, I, I, I did in-face, in-person, cold call, uh, door-to-door kind of, but not door-to-door. There was appointments, selling of water purification when I was 18. Do you know what an 18-year-old knows about water purification systems? Nothing. Nothing, zero. And I was going into these really nice retired people's homes who were just probably happy to have someone there to talk with them. Yeah. And I said, every, and I had this giant book, huge binder. And every single time they'd be like, do you know anything at all about this? I'd be like, nope. I said, I'm going to read to you from these pages. And if you have questions that are harder than what this book says, I'm going to just bring them back. And you know what? I got through every single one of my calls because the person had at least warmly said, yes, you can come in. But they at least let me read my stupid crap because they felt like they were on my side. They yeah. were like, this weird 18-year-old kid thinks he's going to sell me a water purification system. I at least want to hear what he's got going. And that was it. Yeah. And uh, you, no, three, we're stopping at three. I want more. That was three. Oh, <laughs> as many as you want. I could do this all day. Well, I want to I just talk a little bit about something that you've brought up there, which is quite a perfect transition into um, – another concept that I really wanted to chat with you about. You've True. got another book uh, called uh, Find Your Writing Voice. Did I get that right? Yeah, Find Your Writing Voice, which is um, essentially, you know, that concept that we talk about so much, of inserting your personality and being yourself, which you've just mentioned, and that being one of the keys to building trust. Um I, I just, you know, for those that are, and I think this is where social media has gone off on a really dangerous tangent, particularly with all of the new platforms that are people are playing with. And, you know, let's use TikTok as an example right now. You've got trending um, uh, uh, TikToks, you've got trending reels on Facebook and Instagram, you've got, um, you know, audio that you can mime to. And what I think is happening is that people are more and more and more losing their own voice and trying to insert themselves into somebody else's. Can you give some tips as to how we can get back? And this, it, I feel like everything we're talking about right now is how to just go back to being human. You know, how do we bring that human element back to social media? Because at the end of the day, people relate, like you said, to people we like, know, and trust. Um, how how can we be ourselves? How can we be good at social media, grow our business, and be us all at the same time? <laughs> That's the, the big question. You know, no big, uh, no big request there. No. Um, so, Okay. I'm going to give you the worst part of it first. I will say a lot of people fail at selling any kind, direct marketing or whatever. A lot of people fail because they don't actually like the thing they're selling. 
Mm. I think they don't even like the thing. They buy like, you know, they join some lash company or they join some supplement company or whatever. There's, mm. I, oh my gosh, I, I could name about 85 categories, uh, solar energy, um, but that they don't themselves give a rat's ass about the thing. And you know what's not going to translate at all is you making a video about how excited you are about your cool fake lashes if you don't like fake lashes. If you love lashes, then you do some fun things like buy googly eyes and put them on uh, pumpkins in a store and then put the lashes on the pumpkins and then leave or something and see if you get like reactions of people using all that dumb stuff you see on TikTok. You can only do it if you care. And I have seen, for instance, there... there was a guy who loves those really super high powered flashlights. And so he'll do, people will say things like, put the Batman logo on it and see if it looks like the bat signal in the sky. <laughs> and he'll do that. And like nothing, cause you know, the thing is so powerful. It just like goes right through the, the piece that he put on the, the thing. And he just love, you know, you could tell the guy loves what he's making. I watched a, I don't even, it was way too long, but in the best of ways, almost four minutes about a guy who had a frog on his fence and uh, the frog was just kind of, ha- it was like a metal fence and there was a cap missing and the frog was kind of in the little hole in the cap. And he, he made a little 3d printed little house for him. And then he, and then he showed it on TikTok, And some people were like, well, that's, you know, the frog doesn't like it because it needs this and it needs it. So he made a new one based on the recommendation. And then they're like, well, you should give him a little pool. So he makes another one. Next thing is this frog has like a condominium with like layers and things and they have tadpoles and there's baby frogs and there's a party. It's the coolest thing, but that's not what you're selling. Like you're not selling that cool thing. And so you shouldn't do the most cool dance thing unless you could do it in the funniest and dumbest ways or whatever. But no kid is going to want to see that. No, no kid is like, Oh, that is so cool. Watching a 46 year old do the Wednesday Adams dance to try to sell this awesome energy drink. Zero people. Um, the other thing is what they also don't want is they don't want to not know that they're being sold to. And then you pull that over. So you just got to say it, you know, yeah. here's the thing I sell. I love the thing I sell, whatever you want to do. Yeah. I'm not a TikTok guy uh, at all. I watch YouTube shorts, which I call TikTok for old people. Uh, <laughs> you know, the good ones get pulled over. And I'm, with you. I'm really, I'm very with you. <laughs> but I, I said this at one of those social media marketing worlds. It was whatever year it was that they thought Snapchat was the coolest thing in the world. I was just like, it, it's not. It's not. It's got one function that anyone cares about, and it's not really for selling things. It's for selling the <laughs> oldest thing in the book. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I, you know, there's other tools, but I think that people love what they love. If you love making video, then make cool videos. If you love writing, then write. If you love audio, then audio, but use the tool you think you want to use to reach the people you hope you want to reach. Instagram is a beautiful place to sell fashion things, beauty things. Solar energy could be sold on places like TikTok and Instagram, or maybe you need to start a newsletter about ways to make the environment better. You know what I mean? There's there's a tool for the person. There's a yeah. there's a, a a tool for all seasons. Let's say. So just coming back to the the digital space, and you know, as we um, talked about before, you wrote Trust Agents originally in two thousand and nine. Um, what? What did you predict back then? What did you see or foresee happening back then when it comes to this digital space, social media, that you look back on and you go, you know, like hindsight's a great thing. Do you look back and say, 
that happened exactly the way I thought or wow, that some things took me by surprise there. Oh man, I wish I were smarter. This is like such a great question for a smart person, but um, my dad is like the worst predictor in the whole wide world. He guessed everything wrong, um, but he's a very wonderful and lovely guy. And I will say that nothing ever happens as fast as I wish it did or thought it would. I started podcasting in 05. I was like, man, this podcasting thing is You're cool. an original podcaster, I like, which mm. makes me, by the way, just a little bit, a lot nervous oh, about don't be. interviewing don't be. the original podcast you you got onto all the same thing right yeah well before it was cool for sure but also like it was so hard back then like you had to you had to have like practically a computer engineering degree to listen to one not even to make it like you like to get one onto an ipod was like a a sport and so um oh my gosh i forgot about those yeah we had an event. Uh, we, in fact, we had one in Perth, uh, in your neck of the woods, uh, called PodCamp. We did one all over the world, and what we did was after the first one, we made it kind of open source, so anyone could run one. And that was in '06 uh, that we started that. And so I was like, "Oh man, by mid '07, everyone's going to be a podcaster." That was not true. Turned out it was uh, much later, and there were several waves. There was the about 2008 or nine. Then there was 2012-ish um, um, uh, Mark What's-His-Face, the uh, comedy guy. And then uh, and then it kind of went a few more times. And then 2018, 2019 or so, another wave started. And so, I don't know. I get it all wrong. I, I knew for sure Twitter was cooler than everyone thought, and I was right. Um, and I don't think I get any points for thinking that uh, YouTube would just continue and continue to grow. Yeah. But I can tell you that big companies, I was talking to Albert Chang who ran Disney uh, Interactive back then yeah. and uh, ABC Disney Interactive. And he he thought YouTube was essentially America's funniest home videos. <laughs> and he just, he just couldn't see it. And yeah. so he was wrong. Uh, but... Like, I don't get a lot of points for that either. Like, it wasn't, and by the way, I didn't make any money off of any of that. I made some money off trust agents, but knowing Twitter was cool before anyone else does nothing for anybody. Like, no one was like, oh man, that broken. He sure is smart. <laughs> Do you know? I just want to throw it out there. I think what is actually smarter, you know, you, you've got people out there that will come up and teach you about the technology, the, uh, the tools, the, you know, the, the amount of times I get asked, can you explain the algorithm to me? And can you teach me how to run Facebook ads? Can you give me all of the insights of, you know, how to target my audience and, and, you know, how to read my insights and, you know, tell me the numbers. And the, and the answer I will give you is, you can be great at all of those things, but if you are not great at building a relationship, you will fail at that every single time. And my question to anybody who's asking, how do I get better at the technology and how do I learn to run Facebook ads or Instagram ads or YouTube ads or whatever it is that they want to do, I'll always ask the question first, how's your organic reach and interaction going? Because you can pay Facebook, Instagram, YouTube to deliver your stuff to more people, but you can't pay them to click on it. For me, the intellectual, uh, the, 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 um, the smart answer to any of this is exactly what you've said, which is build the relationship first, build the trust because social media, the digital world is a tool. It's a tool to do what we already know how to do. And we're forgetting the part, uh, that, that is the human element. And we're being so focused on the technology part and we're calling that clever and smart and intellectual when at the end of the day, I think the the clever and smart thing to do is 
you know what? We don't need to be amazing at that. We don't need to know how to use all of the tools. We don't need to be great at doing a TikTok and dancing in the mirror with, you know, our underwear on. We need to be good at building trust and building the relationship. And that's the part that I think most people are forgetting. So to me, I think the conversations you're having are far smarter than the conversations that that most of the people out there teaching social media will be having right now. It's we all react to that sort of a thing. We all react to like, I don't know how to make an ad on Facebook. Nobody does. Mm. You know, you know how the person who's selling you that thing did? They did it. They tried it. They made it. Or weirder, they read someone else's course and now they're just echoing that other person's course. But none of that is why someone buys. You know, uh, I don't use Instagram anymore. I don't use Facebook. I don't use any of those products, WhatsApp even, um, because I don't, there's a few political reasons I don't. So uh, when I had Instagram though, they might as well have just had my bank account on on the on the app because yeah. their ads were so good for me. They were like, you want to buy this really cool ax? I don't have any wood to chop. I've got the ax though. Uh, because they're like, we know that guy. And they're, uh, how, whatever I would say yes to or liking or whatever, or something about the profiles I was following or sneakily following, it was like, we're selling you that thing you like. And they were great at it. And I don't know how that worked. And I'm sure there's, you know, there's people out there that you know and I know, like a, a John Loomer is great. Amy Porterfield's great. There's all, you are great. There are all these people who know how to sell the thing, but you're spot on. It's all relationship stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, there are people I follow, uh, Jill Fit on Twitter, Jill Coleman. Mm-hmm. If Jill says, I cannot believe it, I bought this thing and I love it. And now I'm selling this thing. I will buy the thing. And I'll realize it's only for ladies. And I'll be like, oh, I've made a mistake. And then I'll give it to a lady. So, um, but, but like she commands that kind of trust because it's, I know it's who, ultimate trust, right? I'll do what she's you say done. to do because you did it and I trust you. Yeah. 100%. Sam. Yeah. And that's, that's what you're aiming for. And, yeah. and, but, you, but what you can't be in that is you can't be the all things to everyone. I've had the weirdest, I was a very early on influencer, which was super not cool. Like it was like, I was no Kardashian. I was not getting a million dollars a post or anything like that, but I would get things to do or try or whatever. And I would say that like, uh, fellows shredders, uh, you know, paper shredders, they sent me a paper shredder, uh, and a trash bin. Cool thing to be given to sell. Okay. (laughs) So I made a video and, uh, I had one of those uh, exercise balls. We all tried to sit on for a while until we realized that's really boring and stupid. So I put the, I put the bin thing on top of the ball and it's like wobbly. And I said, fellows gave me this because they thought you might buy one if I showed you it. And I said, I don't really know how to use it because these are the instructions. And I went, and I went, there you go. That's the instructions. So I hope it's easy to use. I said, but it did shred them. Uh, And then I said, it says it shreds credit cards. And I took a card out and I put it through and I went, I probably should have thought about that first. (laughs) And that was it. And you know who bought a fellow's uh, shredder uh, because of me? Nobody. Do you know why? Because I am certainly not an influencer on why you should buy a shredder. And I was making the point to fellows, you were dumb. I think the other point you made was I wouldn't buy this, which is exactly what you were talking about before, which is do you believe in what you're selling? Are you passionate about it? Do you love it? Um, and 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 that's the, the, the core factor here, right? If they will do what you do, they will be influenced by and, – and, in so many ways, I think we're all influencers. We look at the Kardashians and people like this and think, oh, I'm not like that. But the thing is that if you build trust, you build influence. Correct. So 
what you do, who you are, and, and this is why sharing your story and your experience and your journey is is so valuable and so important. I got a, a, a long time ago, I was part of a really interesting controversy, which is so weird to think of in 2023 and beyond when you think about the fact that like this is just so commonplace now. Mm-hmm. But I had a sponsored post on my blog and you would have thought I put like a neon sign in a Catholic church, like by Coca-Cola. They were like, oh, my gosh, blogging is sacrosanct. And, you know, by the way, like a year later, I was like, how'd you get that sponsored post? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, we all wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah. So Kmart, uh, the coolest of cool, you know, department stores, sent me a $500 gift card. And then I finagled them to give me another one to give away. And they said, if you just go shop in our store um, with this gift card, we just want you, whatever happens, good, bad, or otherwise, just, you know, document it. So I got a video camera and I took my kids and I said, hey, let's go to Kmart and buy some things. And I walked around. And I was like, wow, the lighting in here is really weird. Like I wasn't being especially nice to Kmart about this. And uh, but I did say, you know, I was surprised by the brands that they did have. I didn't think they'd have certain, you know, major brands. I thought of them as sort of a discounty place. And yeah. that isn't what I saw. You know, and that, that's all I said. And by the way, what I did buy is um, I told the kids we have five hundred dollars. We're going to go buy toys for the um, what are the, the Christmas drives where you give yeah. the toys to the military and they distribute them or whatever. So we bought five hundred bucks worth of toys and then gave them away. Um. I put up the post and all of a sudden a bunch of people are like, oh, Chris Brogan's the devil. And, uh, but you know, the, the post was titled sponsored post. Kmart said, blah, blah, blah. This is before there were laws and rules. Yeah. And then the very first paragraph, this is sponsored. Kmart has no opinions that I, they couldn't make me say what I could or didn't want. You'll tell in the video for sure. They didn't want me to say some of this, blah, blah, blah. Just watch mm. it and make your opinion. So, I was really early to that too, in, in I, I don't know, 2006 or something like this, with my friend Ted Murphy from a company called Isaiah, yep. who sells some of the technology to do influency type things now. But like we were doing this, it, he just kept getting dinged for helping people try to sell things that they actually loved and believed in. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me because that's why that's the beauty of things like direct marketing. Direct marketing is I love this thing. I sure wish I could sell it. Look, Yeti, who makes the thermos mugs or whatever. I love Yeti mugs. I have another one right beside it. Look, I have another one in the kitchen. I have three in my house already. I bought an entire case of these at one of the conferences I gave fairly recently. I love the mug. I would sell this if I had uh, a relationship, a direct selling relationship. And, I would and knock on tomorrow, Yeti will be a direct selling company and Chris Brogan will be. <laughs> I'm ready to go. And, and, and so, but that's the thing is like, there's, it's it's here for us to do this. And yeah. and because again, to your point, and this is the only point really, the whole we're talking way too long to say one thing. You just have to be real. Like yeah. you have to love the thing you want to sell. Yeah. And you have to sell it to people who need to buy the thing that you want to sell. That's how sales works. It's always worked that way. It's never going to be different. Yeah. So true. So true. And um I want to just uh, take a little bit of a left-hand turn here. And I, Let's do I know it. we're we're taking up tons of your time. So thank you so much for sharing your your knowledge here, Chris. I know that our listeners are going to be loving this. And with our listeners in mind, I want to ask this next question. You've, um, you, we were just talking and this was where I had to pause you beforehand because mm. two of the books that you've written grab my attention that I have not read yet. I'm going to be getting these um, and reading them. One of them is called Superheroes in the Basement, which um, you were having a bit of a laugh about. But the other one is 
It's not about the tights and owner's manual for bravery. Um, can you just really quickly uh, re-explain to our audience about these two books? Because for me, you are the, the, the best possible representation of an entrepreneur for those people who are sitting back going, can I do this? Um, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm qualified to do this. And and I know that many of our listeners are in that boat. I was in that boat. And so I just, I really would love for you to speak into that for a little moment. Tell us a little bit about these books first. So, so Superheroes in the Basement is, you, you could cut this whole part of the show out. No one need to know. It's a, it's a really <laughs> nerdy book about nerdy things. I just wrote it as kind of an ode to, uh, I, I wrote pretend poems. I'm doing air quotes. I uh, uh, wrote pretend poems about nerdy things like um, Morbius uh, long before that movie came out. I'm sort of let down because now everybody knows who Morbius is. I wrote it to say there used to be this weird ass dude and it makes no sense. He's a living vampire. There you go. It's already wrong. Like vampires are dead. That's the point of a vampire. It's like saying a not delicious cake, um, which we've probably all eaten. So anyway, that's what superheroes in the basement is. It's not about the tights, which also has a sort of superhero theme, which is why it's, it's not about the tights. Cause there's a superhero character on the cover yeah. is to say that bravery about nobody is born with bravery or the few people who are born with bravery. Actually, it's, it can be a deficit, right? Because if you're really brave, then you do really dumb things. You get the Darwin Award. You go to the Barrier Reef. You'd say, great, white sharks are cool. Who needs a cage? And then you show up in a YouTube video. So, um, but you can grow bravery, but no one ever talks about that. They just say things like you should feel it in your belly. I can't feel anything in my belly except for what I ate that I probably shouldn't have. So I'll give you the, I'll give you, you don't even have to buy the book if you don't want now. It's a cape, confidence, acceptance, permission, and execution. Mm -hmm. But I don't go for, you know, it's cool to write the word cape because it's superhero theme, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I talk about how to get confidence, small bites, repetition, Mm -hmm. easy wins. That's why tic-tac-toe is cool for little kids because you could just let them win. And they're like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this game. And then you kind of try to get them into checkers, then chess, right? Um, Confidence, acceptance. Acceptance doesn't mean uh, forgiveness. It doesn't mean a lot of other things, but it just means this is where I am right now. Yep. Um, you know, I'm not the best seller. I accept that I'm not the best seller, but I'm also going to say that's just where I am right now. It's always right now. You know, you can also accept things about your past. You can say, oh, I had a really rough childhood or you know, my parents divorced and I never got over it or my best friend died or my mom died. Or, I was abused. All these awful things could happen to you. You don't have to forgive anything. You don't have to go past it. You just have to say, this is also true about me. I deal with clinical depression and I sell, right? So it's awful sometimes. I, you know, Getting out of bed doesn't even happen. Bathing doesn't happen. I smell terribly. Thank you, COVID. No <laughs> one knows. But uh, I bathed yesterday. I'm feeling pretty good. So you know, I accept that I deal with clinical depression and whatever. So then permission... Uh, everyone seems to be waiting around for the permission fairy to come and go, dink, dink, you have permission now. You could do the thing. Mm-hmm. There is none. It's like the tooth fairy. It's just as depressing. Uh, but you can be your own permission fairy. You can find your own wand. You can tap mm-hmm. your own shoulders and have permission. Yeah. And then you get so much power once you figure that out. Like, like well, who's stopping me? Oh, nobody's stopping me. I didn't realize that. And then the third is uh, execution. Um 
oh my gosh, and then I replaced the E with something else and I'm blanking. So let's just say execution for now. Just doing things. Yeah. Um, you know how you get good at Facebook ads? You buy Facebook ads and then you see them not perform. And then you go, oh, let's, let's test why that didn't perform. And then you try some new stuff. Just do it. Nike's the smartest company in the world. That's the best three words in the history of uh, advertising, I think, because it's absolutely endlessly true. Just yeah. do it. So that's uh, it's not about the the tights. Uh, I just there's like 80 pages. It's not even a long book, but I love it. Now you don't have to buy them. Yeah, <laughs> and we will. We will buy it. They will oh, buy it. Right. We'll put the buy link it. in the show notes. But I, I just I love that. I love the the. The concept of growing bravery, I think that's so beautifully put. And for so many of our listeners right now, I know that they're sitting there going, can I do this? You know, I want to have my own business. I want to be successful. I want to have that work-life balance. I want to make my own success. I don't want to work for the man. I want to do my thing. But can I? You know, I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart enough. Um and I just, I, I feel like so much of what you've spoken about today, just in a nutshell, Chris, is just such an amazing example of, yeah, you can. Absolutely, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, look, thank you so much for sharing. I, I do have to ask you, we've got four really fun yep. questions I ask all of our guests. And I'm, I'm really particularly keen to hear your responses. You haven't been worded up about these, by the way, because you nope. said to me, uh, don't send me your questions. So, um, which is hilarious because usually when I've got a guest coming on the show, they say, I want your questions two weeks ahead of time so I can be fully prepared. <laughs> Chris says, let's just chat. And I was like, this is going to be the best interview ever. This is my favorite way to, to uh, do a podcast episode. And you know, needless to say, obviously, lots of very interesting conversation has ensued from there. But here's the next one, and I'm keen to hear what you've got to say. <laughs> what okay. is your favorite book? Like, you've written some amazing books, and I'm, like, ready to go shopping again because whilst I've got some, I, I want superheroes in the basement. I think I mentioned to you that Greg, my husband, is, um, you know, he's a closet geek, and and he'll admit that. Um, he was, he, <laughs> he, I think we just said before, he, his first boss was what they called the Kate Crusader. So um, excited to get a copy of that for him, and uh, I'm sure he'll get a good giggle out of that. But your favourite book, what's your favourite book for us to add to our Accelerator book list, Chris? If I had, can I do three? Yes, If, I, if I do a fast, better. Okay. Yeah. These are the three that these are the three I always recommend to people. Uh, Business Stripped Bear by Richard Branson, because it tells the story of a guy with pretty severe dyslexia whose very first business venture makes him in trouble with the British government. He has to pay back a massive fine because he thought he found a really cool loophole. Turned out he was breaking the law. Business Stripped Bear from Richard Branson. Sir Richard Branson, pardon me. He's knighted. Uh, Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. It is a science fiction book. Do not say I watched the movie. You know what I'm going to say next. Ender's Game. And it's because it teaches you about changing perspective. Mm-hmm. It teaches oh, you that. that what you see isn't necessarily what's right in front of you. And they mm-hmm. do that in multiple ways. And it's almost like hidden Mickeys at Disney World. You have to like look and see if you can find more. It's That's there a thing? all through the book. I didn't know this. All right. Sorry. Oh, Google hidden Mickeys when we're done. Oh, um, okay. And then the third one is, uh, I almost forgot what I was going to say, The Shipping News by Annie Prue, which is a boring and slow and sad, very big award-winning fiction book about a guy in Newfoundland. selling it right now. (laughs) Yeah. But what it taught me was a whole different way to write. Extreme brevity. Not even sentences. It would say things like... um, 
Coyle was nervous, like sweating, clammy hands. And th- those aren't sentences. Like, Coyle has clammy hands. He is sweating. Those kinds of things. She was like, F that. I can just write as brief as I want. I will write two words and put a period because I can. That changed how I write things. Mm-hmm. And in a world of Twitter and captions and YouTube shorts and reels, yeah. brevity. They say brevity is the soul of wit. Yeah. I say brevity is. <laughs> I love it. And now we've got everyone going, right, all right, great. <laughs> Three books to add to that list. Fantastic. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check those out. And I it's very rare to have someone share with me several books that we haven't already got, but they're three brand new books that we've not had suggested. So yes, that's um, quite an accomplishment right there. Uh, Favorite quote, Chris. Ah, Do not go where the road may lead, but go where there is no road and leave a trail, which I think is Ralph Waldo Emerson, I think. Oh my gosh. I love that. Perfect. I stole that. That's from Les Brown's Live Your Dreams. He said he loved it. And I was like, I do too. Thanks, Les. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next question, if you could have, and you'll love this one, a superpower, any superpower, what would it be and why? Flight. Um, I dislike all the airlines equally, um, and I would love to have the power of flight. Uh, hang on, hang on. But we love Qantas, right? Qantas, yep. Mm, Qantas. (laughs) I want that new one. Give me a sponsorship. (laughs) And very last question. If you could go mm. back in time, Chris, and say one thing to your past self, what would that be? You are so right. <laughs> That's it. I already believe that. Like I was raised on that. My mom and dad were absolutely delightful parents. You know, a lot mm. of people have awful stories about their, their upbringing, and I feel for you. My parents were del- lovely. They were so wonderful. They were like, you're the best guy, and you were so smart, and you were so capable, and you were bound for greatness. And I was like, yes, I am. I'll eat more of that. Tell me more. And so I would tell myself I'm right. I am not. So, okay, let me back this off. I am super not naturally confident. I'm super introverted and shy. You would never know that from this, but take me out of a place where I am the big guy and Mm -hmm. just put me in like kind of a random place. And I am the guy looking at the bookshelf at a party. Um, But confidence, confidence just comes from practice. And I would have told my little child self, you're probably right. Anytime I just had this feeling that something wasn't the right thing, yeah. it wasn't the right thing. Yeah. And it, it's not that I can't be tra- – it's not like you can't be trained. Like somebody can say to you, even if you're right, you have to do it this way because this is the way it's done. You have to learn, well, do I have to really – because everything in life has a choice and a response to that choice. And that's yeah. all I that's all I needed. And I started bucking that system at around age mm-hmm. 12. And that was probably a little too early to make those choices um, because I made lots of mistakes and lots of trouble. Um, I would have saved a little time if I just let everybody, you know, brainwash me and guide me. But I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. That's a perfect way to wrap up. Thank you so much, Chris, for taking the time out to share with our listeners. I know that they will have laughed their way through this. You are such, uh, I guess, a, uh, a breath of fresh air when it comes to the the social media world, the concept. And this has been nothing about social media. Totally right there with you. But really, at the end of the day, that's the point, right? It's not about being good at social media. It's not about being good at business. It's about being great at being real, building relationships, building trust, being human, 
the rest takes care of itself. So thank you so much for being that, for being real, for being you and for being human. It's been such an honor to have you here today, Chris, and such a pleasure to chat with you and get to know you a little bit better. And thank you again for sharing with our audience. We really appreciate you. It worked so well. You have such great domain knowledge and wisdom and you're an actual personable human being. So it didn't feel like an interview. It felt like people trying to extract some good ideas for someone else. Yeah, I love it. Thank you again so much for your time. And uh, thanks to our beautiful listeners for tuning in again this week. You know the drill. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with some friends. Of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss out on any of our amazing upcoming episodes. But for now, take care, sending you loads of love, and we'll see you on the episode next week. Bye for now. If you love this video and you would love more help to improve your direct selling business on social media, then click on the link to join our Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you in there.